Good evening and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of Southern California and USC. I'm Jack Waterman. And I'm Hannah Wall-Hodge. We're coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center, and it's Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. On today's show, we learn if the back-to-back storms helped ease the California drought. Some may see this increase in precipitation as a light at the end of the drought tunnel. Celebrating literacy and reading at local schools. Coming and reading to these elementary schools today is everything. I mean, they're definitely the future. And a conversation with CNN reporter Caitlin Palance. It's like I loved being around other journalists, but I also loved, like, finding stories. All that and more from where we are. After these news headlines... Today, the House Ethics Committee announced an investigation into controversial New York Representative George Santos. The investigation will focus on alleged sexual misconduct against an aide who formerly worked in Santos's office and financial non-disclosures during the 2022 campaign period. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Despite pushback against the Academy Awards' lack of diversity in the 2015 Oscars So White movement, A new study conducted by the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative found that nominees and winners are still predominantly white and male. According to the study, only 27% of nominees were women between 2016 and 2023, and only 17% came from underrepresented racial or ethnic groups. Following a bout of extreme winter weather and heavy snow in California, the National Guard is sending aid to stranded and snowed-in residents of the San Bernardino Mountains today due to the overwhelming demand for local emergency services. Governor Newsom declared a state of emergency in the county yesterday, citing unusually intense snow, rain, and wind. Also today, the Justice Department rejected former President Trump's claim of absolute immunity and said that the lawsuits over his role in the January 6th insurrection should move forward in federal appeals court. According to a statement from the department, no part of a president's official responsibilities includes the incitement of imminent private violence. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken spoke with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov for the first time since Russia's invasion of Ukraine today at the G20 summit. End this war of aggression, engage in meaningful diplomacy that can produce a just and lasting peace, said Blinken about the discussion. I urge Russia to reverse its irresponsible decision and return to implementing the New START Treaty. Today, Alex Murdoff was convicted of murder and faces 30 years to life. The South Carolina lawyer was found guilty by the jury of murdering his wife and son in June 2021, following a six-week-long publicized trial. The state versus Richard Alexander Murdoch defendant, indictment for murder, guilty verdict. Finally, California Senator Dianne Feinstein has announced that she has been admitted to the hospital with shingles, a virus which causes a painful rash, but is expected to make a full recovery. The 89-year-old announced her retirement last month at the end of this term following a long career as the state's first-ever female senator. Those are just some of the top stories in the news today. From Annenberg Media, I'm Hallie Mecklin. Today is Read Across America Day, and it's dedicated to the importance of literacy in America. Interestingly enough, this national day was created just 25 years ago, But for what reason? Amy Lopez has the story. Fostering that love for reading, promoting that love for reading. 
We're having some technical difficulties with that story. We will be bringing you the story about Read Across America Day in just a little bit, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we would like to talk about how rainstorms have been sweeping the state of California this past week. Areas such as Cucamonga Canyon saw five inches of rain, while Mountain High received more than six feet of snow. Susan Narenda prepared this report on whether California's drought might be finally over. It is an historic storm that's pounding Southern California right now. Record rain is flooding our streets. Unprecedented snow is still Storms battered California this past week. But this isn't the first time the Golden State has experienced such extreme rainfall early in the calendar year. Some may see this increase in precipitation as a light at the end of the drought tunnel. But USC professor of Earth Sciences Lowell Stott says that we should stay wary. We've been in situations not unlike this before where we've received a lot of precipitation early on in the water year and then the latter part of the water year has turned out to be very dry. A water year in comparison to the calendar year starts every October 1st. Climate change is a prominent issue and California continues to experience the heat of it. The snowpack accumulating over the past winter months is bound to melt fast due to high temperatures during the spring and summer seasons. And unfortunately, much of that precious water will not be available for Californians to use, says Professor Stott. We can't accommodate a really rapid runoff melt uh, from these uh, high elevations. Um, we just don't have any place to put it, basically, uh, if it all, all melts fast. Southern California gets much of its water supply from the Colorado River by way of Lake Mead. This conduit is currently in jeopardy it has been experiencing very low levels of water. In early January, Lake Mead was only about one quarter full, so low that it's only a few feet away from becoming an inactive reservoir. The dwindling lake water is one of Southern California's biggest problems when it comes to having a stable source of water. USC tries to remind all students, please be mindful of your water usage. And that will help some, but most of our water consumption in California goes to a surprising use says USC's Professor Stott. A large fraction of California's water goes to agriculture, and, and it's really, really difficult to um, cut back on agricultural water use. Um, California is a very big agricultural state and uh, uses a lot of water. Even after the big storms of the last few weeks, the current state of the drought won't be known until April. So USC and the California Department of Water Resources remind you, please continue to monitor your water use and practice water conservation. For Annenberg Media, I'm Susan Narenda. There has finally been a long overdue change in the pharmaceutical industry. As Janai Knox reports, the start of drugs becoming much more reasonably, reasonably priced for all Americans could be on the horizon. Eli Lilly and company cut the price of its insulin by 70% and capped out-of-pocket costs at $35. The price reduction for its non-branded insulin is effective May 1, 2023. Cuts for Humalog, its most commonly prescribed insulin, and Humalin are effective Q4 2023. This price cap is only at participating retail pharmacies for consumers with commercial insurance. Those without insurance can download the Lilly Insulin Value Program Savings Card to receive Lilly Insulins for $35 a month. In a press release, CEO and Chair David A. Ricks commented on the company's changes. 
While the current healthcare system provides access to insulin for most people with diabetes, it still does not provide affordable insulin for everyone, and that needs to change. The aggressive price cuts we're announcing today should make a real difference for Americans living with diabetes. The decisions made today affects diabetics like Nicole Barron, a USC student diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in May 2020. After Barron's diagnosis, she started a podcast called Your Diabetic Bestie to spread awareness about diabetes. After today's announcement, she's shocked. Um, it's crazy that it took this long to come up with this price cap, but just very grateful that we're making steps in the right direction. Barron is insured. However, it's not the case for millions of Americans. Today's cuts make Lily the lowest list-priced mealtime insulin available. Before today, without insurance, the average cost of traditional insulin was $455 and $249 for mixed insulin. These prices are disproportionate to the cost to manufacture insulin. For those uninsured, this price cap could have a big effect. Uh, I would say a vial is supposed to last about a month. And if you drop it like I did that one time, or you don't have insurance to get you another one, then it's like, okay, what can I do now? You know, it's like your life literally depends on it. And if you don't have it, your body starts to hurt it physically. It's aching. Over 34 million Americans have diabetes in a nation where healthcare is not a government-granted industry. Caps like this one may even the playing field for those with disabilities. For Annenberg Media, I'm Janai Knox. I'm Jack Waterman. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Hannah Wall-Hodge. It's 10 minutes past the hour. Up next, celebrating reading at local schools. And we spoke to CNN reporter Caitlin Palance. Stay tuned. As promised, we're back with our story about Read Across America Day to take a look at why this holiday was made just 25 years ago. Amy Lopez has the story. Why do you think today, March 2nd, is Read Across America Day? The cat in the hat is about to appear. He's whizzing over to whisk That's the intro for Cat in the Hat, a cartoon based off the story by Dr. Seuss, the great children's book author. And today, March 2nd, is his birthday. That's why the National Education Association chose his day to mark Read Across America Day. Oh, rockin' my soul, he sang along. Alan was going to miss the music and rejoice in that true vine Baptist church. At 32nd Street School in LA, the kids are gathered around to listen to Rosero McCoy. He's a well-known choreographer who's worked with Outkast and Usher. But those fancy gigs don't satisfy McCoy the way ushering in the future does. Coming and reading to these elementary schools today is everything. I mean, they're definitely the future. It actually wakes me up and brings me back to a time um, when reading was something that I really enjoyed doing. So it was great. It was a great opportunity for me, and I got, I think, even more out of it than they did. Days later, Alvin rode a creaky locomotive headed west. He and Lula were going to try life in... We're celebrating reading. It's the celebration of reading. Carolina Lima is the assistant principal at 32nd Street School. She works hard to instill in these kids a passion for reading, especially in times when kids can be so distracted by the internet and social media. Fostering that love for reading, promoting that love for reading. Um, you know, certainly we want to, we do that year round, but we really highlight it. During this week, read across America Day, or week, or month, it's all good. We also try to make it 
clear that the library isn't always a quiet space because learning isn't always a quiet activity. Crystal Starr is a teacher librarian at 32nd Street School. She is not one of those, shh, this is a library, librarians. Starr says that's not how kids today read. See, learning happens out loud sometimes. So I think just really trying to make the students understand those things, it makes them more curious about reading and it gets them more excited about literacy in general. Star also encourages parents to read with their kids, and she welcomes reading in any language. It's really important that parents read to their children, um, and not just in English. I think it's really important that parents read to their children whatever languages are spoken at home. It's important that we as a society teach children especially that reading means access. Where do you guys think that we're going to move to? You guys read the book? That's pretty good. Who said Los Angeles? Rosara McCoy is finishing up the story he's reading to the kids. He has given them access. The beauty of reading is something that you can get lost in and take you places that you may not ever get to travel to, you know, or people's experiences in life that really will help you. And when you take that time out to just read for yourself, I just think that the knowledge that comes from it is um, priceless. No matter what age, all of us can learn a thing or two from reading. There it is. So he's moving to Los Angeles, California. For Annenberg Media, I'm Amy Lopez. So let's keep let's keep on. It's always fun when special guests stop by the Annenberg Media Center to impart their wisdom on all of us. To help us kick off Women's History Month, we were joined by Caitlin Palance, a senior reporter on crime and justice for CNN, to talk about her experiences and how she got her start in journalism. I went to Pitt, um, and I walked into Pitt, and I got a meeting with a dean who said, what are you good at, and what do you like to do? And I said, oh, you know, I like, I like grammar a lot, and I think I'm an okay writer, but I just really like talking to people. Yeah. I was a very talkative child, <laughs> um, and I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. And this dean said, I want you to go meet a, a professor at Pitt who's a former Washington Post journalist. She's sitting downstairs. I walked into her office, and she looked at me and asked me the same question. Um, and then she said, well, what, what could you, what do you think you could do with your life? And I said, I don't know. What do people do that, that do this? I, I don't really want to go to law school, so does that mean I should go into public relations? <laughs> she said, no, you're not going to public relations. You're going to work at the student newspaper. Go across the street and apply right now. And I did. And, you know, years later at Pitt, by the time I was a senior, I had written for every section. I was mm-hmm. a copy editor. I became the editor of the paper, and I just mm-hmm. never wanted to leave that newsroom. Yeah. I thought it was the most, like, vibrant, cool, like wonderful way to spend your time Mm -hmm. around other journalists. Like I loved being around other journalists, but I also loved like finding stories, just like history, like things about history on campus, Mm -hmm. things about interesting people, meeting people you would never know, um, meeting staff at the university that are unseen. I wrote a lot about, um, in Pittsburgh, there's a lot that goes on with Unions. That's a it's yeah. a big story in all kinds of media across Pittsburgh perennially, and so I wrote a lot about the janitors mm. and the union for the janitors okay. at Pitt at that time. So, anyways, so it like it bit me as a bug. Again, we are speaking to Caitlin Polansk, a senior reporter on crime and justice for CNN. Very very cool. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, coming into March, it's actually Women's History Month this month. Um, and 
we want to just get your perspective on being a woman in journalism, um, some of those challenges you may have faced or successes you may have had, and just your thoughts on that. So me personally? Sure, yeah, sure, or just yeah. what you've seen in the world, either one. Oh, wow. Um, well, I think right now we're in a moment where there's a lot of really influential female female journalists, and there have yeah. been a lot of real trailblazers in in recent years. From my perspective, I, I think... Um, I don't think that it's, it's ever been a, a hindrance um, being, you know, a woman in journalism. I do think that at times you work differently than men. I mean, I cover the legal industry, so a lot of the people that I talk to um, are in a very male-dominated profession. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, um, and I have noticed at times that, you know, when you're covering sources women who are lawyers often um, respond to reporters somewhat differently than men, sure. okay. um, especially because in the legal industry, men tend to run a lot of the firms. That's changing in recent years. I mean, if you look at the historical statistics, it's it's not been very equitable of an industry, yeah. um, but it has been changing. And I, I, I don't know if... I, I think one of the things I've been really lucky with um, is that I think nearly it might be every newsroom I've been in, the the top leaders mm. um, are women. And mm. um, and, you know, I think women tend to want to mentor other women yeah. in the profession, too, which is which is you know why I found myself here at USC. Do you have any advice for maybe female journalists or female student journalists who are trying to look for ways to either break into the industry or leave their mark in the industry. Yeah, I think my my best advice is just like do what I think I said this before, um, but do what you love. Like mm -hmm. if you really love it and you're going to keep doing it, find ways to practice it and get better, um, and and things will follow. I think one of the things that happens in media is people very early on decide what they ultimately want to do and they think they know how to get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they like, say you, you know, say you are in media and you say like, I want to be like the next Terry Gross or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I want to host all things considered right mm -hmm. on radio. Mm -hmm. You might think that, you know, how, what that trajectory should look like for you that, you know, you need to do an internship at NPR or you need to do yeah. follow certain things. That actually probably isn't, you might not actually be the best judge of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's more dependent upon how, what you're putting into it. Like, are you, are you doing the things that you really love? And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Spencer Klein, Jeffrey Lee, Dajalyn Satcher, and Ethan Huang produced today's show. We had help today from Jack Hallinan, MJ Newsom, Taryn Snyder, and Matt Chen. Derek Renfro composed our theme music, and Matt Chen runs our soundboard. Our live stream manager is Vanessa Wong. I'm Jack Waterman. And I'm Hannah Boal-Hodge. We hope you'll join us again for From, from Where, where we, we Are. are. Are you reading anything good these days? Ooh, watching a lot of TV, not doing much reading besides for class. What about you? Reading a good book called um, Start With Why. Very well, introspective. I'll check it out and come back. See you guys later. Bye.